everybody gather near the doctors in the house. So lend them your ears. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is. Unfiltered, uncensored in our fifth season, and today is episode 27. Welcome, everyone, and I welcome you with an attitude of gratitude. And remember, no one who achieves success does so without the help of others. The wise and confident acknowledge this with gratitude. Alfred North Whitehead said that. Because an attitude of gratitude makes you healthier and happier, ladies and gentlemen. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. The information uh, is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. And ladies and gentlemen, please remember you are CEO of your own body. Questions and get answers before you allow anything to be done to it. And as we talk about the immune system today, and some uh, and our eyes, and we're going to talk about it and, and your immunity. Your day is not what you eat; it's what you watch, what you listen to, what you read, the people you hang around with. Be mindful. Put into your body emotionally, spiritually, physically, right? It's really uh, important uh, because the number one thing we're going to talk when we get to immunity is relations. Okay. So what uh, I cannot tell you exactly, but I can give you a, a hint. Uh, this podcast is moving from Block Talk Radio shortly in the next couple of weeks. And uh, when I, everything's squared away, I'll, I'll let you know probably the next week's show. You downloaded an app for our new webcast platform. The app will then invite you 
of the show. You'll be able to listen to it and call in that. So a little bit of a change, but I think it's for the better. It's a there's a lot of big stars on this uh, platform that we're going to. So uh, well, it's really exciting. A lot of work, but we'll get it done. So I guess everybody's we're in in a in a in an epidemic pandemic. Well, let me just just get one thing straight right off the bat because fear is decreasing everybody's immunity okay and Dr. Tony has not helped things nor has Dr. Scarfalady but I need you to listen to Stanford University Disease Prevention Chairman Dr. John I-O-A-N-I-D-I-S I-O-N-I-D-I-S Listen, fatality rate for those under age 45 is, quote, almost zero, unquote. And between the ages of 45 and 70, it's somewhere between 0.05 and 0.3%. Under the age of zero, between 45 and 70, a half of one percent to three tenths of a percent. You're not hearing that on the news. So the fact that young and middle-aged adults are tested in droves is not a warning sign of impending onslaught of deaths, as the risk of death in these ages is minuscule. We hear on television all the time. How many? How many more? Cases? According to the Center for Disease Control. COVID-19 mortality, which has declined for the last 10 weeks straight, quote, is current epidemic threshold, unquote, meaning if it declines just a little more, COVID-19 will no longer be considered an epidemic. Please remember, ladies and gentlemen, the sharp increases in cases are not proof of disease spread, rather the spread of testing. Please spread that word around uh, because people are crazy fear and they're doing their whole, whole life around. They're, they're just doing everything backward. Okay. Remember, the mortality has been declining for 10 straight weeks. And if you're a young, middle-aged adult, you're test, they're testing positive, but it's not a warning sign. Their risk of death is minuscule. So the fatality rate is no longer a cause for hysteria. Okay, Dr. John Ionidis, he's an epidemiologist. He's been exposing bad science his whole life. He, he stated in a June 27th interview just recently, 0.05% to 1% is a reasonable range for what the data tell us now for the infection fatality rate. So the the if you add those two together and divide by two, it comes out to 0.25%. And he says, quote, the death rate in any given country depends a lot on the age structure. Who are the people infected? How are they managed? For people younger than 45, the infection fatality rate is almost 0%. Okay, you know, you take Northern Italy, you take New York, polluted areas, 
highly vaccinated areas in Italy. In northern Italy, a lot of airports, a lot of biodiesel fuels, a lot of chemtrails. So you have to take into account the terrain. For those above 70, there is a substantial increase, however, to 1%. And it's higher for over 85. If you're frail and debilitated and elderly and you have multiple health problems, it could go up to 25%. So I'm not saying it's not a serious illness, but it's not serious for the young people. If you're over 70, 1%, same as the flu. But if you have comorbidities, it goes higher. Okay, just... uh, It is not as bleak as the news media would have us take into our brains. And how about ICU beds? Don't we hear a lot about that? He said they have that all wrong. And it's not going to be overrun. All right, so it's it's not an epidemic. So it's going to shortly will not even, it'll just be an infectious disease. And I think, uh, you know, I thought it was important that I bring that to your attention. All right. To mask or not to mask? What the heck is with the mask already? All right. Let me just, just a few things. Number one, if uh, you want a really good article uh, about masks, I would ask you to uh, search for Anthony J. Ciani, C-I-A-N-I. And he has an article, To Mask or Not to Mask. And it's in uh, in a uh, website called the American Thinker. I'll, I'll I'll get there in a second, but it's just a great little article. Okay, so do you have to wear a mask? Should I just wear a mask to avoid being heckled and harassed? And people are getting heckled and harassed if they don't have that mask on. And what if you wear a mask and you don't feel good? Okay, so our freedom is being taken away. If, by some states telling you mandating masks. But evidence that face masks reduce transmission of viral respiratory infections in community settings is equivocal at best. There have been meta-analysis studies of scientific literature, including 11 randomized controlled trials and 10 observational studies, and what did they find? No clear clinical laboratory confirmed evidence that masks prevent infection. However, to the contrary, the studies warn that face masks may even, may even increase transmission if they act as fomites. That's if you get so much bacteria and viruses on the inside of the mask that you, you either force them through the mask, or you inhale them into your own lungs. Cloth masks, forget about it. They've been found to be particularly problematic. The British Medical Journal, published in April of 2020, cautions against the use of cloth face masks because they retain moisture, they're reusable, they have poor filtration, and and increase your risk of infection. Even the CDC website, cdc.gov, reviewed 10 different studies worldwide and found no significant reduction in the transmission of this virus with the use of face masks. Of course, they're given flip-flopping advice depending on the political area they're in and fear 
is driving violence and aggression. It's making people really, really mean. So it is one of the most controversial issues uh, in in my time. Because, you know, you, you, you people start judging you, whether you have a mask on or not. They may even start discriminating against you. Who knows? Some places they say harassment and discrimination have become rampant with, with, with citizens policing each other. Well, individual health, ladies and gentlemen, is the responsibility of the individual, not the state. Okay? And masks are, as some psychiatrists are saying, they are a submission signaling device with no compelling evidence to justify their use, why the widespread push to mandate universal masking. The, the, the risks have far outweighed the, the benefits. People who wear masks, maybe they, they think they're more virtuous than others. It's not, not proven to be true. Now, I say that with a caveat. At-risk populations and those who are sick can self-quarantine and society should take the best care of them possible. However, healthy, law-abiding citizens should not be forced to take any precaution that can result in physical and emotional harm that impinges on their rights. So if you go to Tony Carini's uh, article in American Thinker, it's, you know, he, he goes into why physicians wear them, why in surgery they wear them. And then after, you know, there there's studies that show that after an hour and a half, they, 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 the bacteria and whatever just go through the mask. And he goes into about aerosols and droplets and the research done there and about the moisture. And that, you know, you can be breathing in this stuff. You know, you cough or you sneeze into it and you breathe it deep into your lungs. And this COVID-2 in experiments was found to penetrate surgical mass with normal breathing. He then goes into the Asian countries. They see a lot of Asians that have masks on. They have no less influenza than none-wearing Western countries. Interestingly enough, the anti-smoking laws really have helped this virus spread because restaurant hotels and bars who used to have strong upward ventilation and electronic air cleaners and HEPA filters to remove the smoke, you know, can get rid of 99.97% of, of small particles like 0.3 microns. They probably could do something with removing viruses, but they're not here anymore because nobody smokes. All right. I'm not going to go into this, but any further, but I think it's, it's an individual mandate. Uh, knowing that there's no science that there's any statistical difference. Uh, health workers were studied uh, in a 2008 study that studied 53 sur- surgeons found that their mask wearing reduced their blood oxygen levels significantly. We know what low oxygen does, right? It's not compatible with life and lowers your immunity and makes a lot of inflammation. And if you read the warning label on the outside of a box of surgical masks, you will find this, quote, this product will not provide any protection against COVID-19, coronavirus, or other viruses or contaminants. Okay, so when the mainstream media, you know, wants you to to, uh, think that wearing a mask is normal, it is not normal. 
for this low, you know, if you want the, the people on television now, they're just a low IQ people. They don't, they just read what's put in front of them. So healthy people can get suppressed. Their immune system can get suppressed by wearing these masks. Did I make my point? Okay. I hope so. All right. So talked about the, the numbers are not so bad. Keep your, your fear down. Okay. You're going to be fine. All right. So what do we do to keep our immune system up and up, up and functioning? Well, I told you before, and I will tell you again, that our immune system is mainly in our gut. Okay, mainly in our gut. So 80% of it, okay, we have to keep that healthy. You know, we have like 6 trillion uh, bacteria in our body. We have like 60 trillion I mean, we have six, six trillion cells, 60 trillion bacteria, and like 380 trillion viruses in our body. I mean, we have more DNA from the microbes than we do from our human DNA. They must be there for a reason. I don't know what to tell you. Viruses on their own do no harm. Okay, viruses, listen to me. They do no harm, and they don't kill us. But they can cause an overreaction of a weakened or dysfunctional immune system. That can result in our body attacking ourselves. That can result in harm and disease. But we have to have a pre-existing condition. We can have to be obese, diabetic, have heart disease, heavy smoker, be immunocompromised. We have to be in an environment that has dirty air. You know, like I said, around these, these airports, dirty water, like in Wuhan City, they had dirty water and dirty air, and they were having 100,000 pneumonias a year before the virus, and dirty food, okay? So once the viruses have to get into the cell by a lock and key mechanism, they have to attach to our RNA, make their own RNA, get their act together, and then get out of the cell and to do their harm. So what do we do to stop this system? Well, okay, one of the things, you know, you've heard people about zinc, and we've talked about zinc, like 100 milligrams or 200 milligrams a day of zinc citrate. Really important because they block this, the viruses from getting in that lock and key mechanism. Okay, stop this, the, the virus from even penetrating the cell. But even more important than that, for our immune system, is social connections and relationships. As some doctors are saying, having friends is medicine. People that live to 100 or more, no matter if they're obese, they smoke, they drink or whatever, if they have a good social relationship going, their immune system is strong. They live long, their immune system functions great. Uh, They recover faster if they get a cold or whatever. So before we even do vitamins, minerals, or whatever, it's important you have good social relationships. Okay? So if you have one or two friends that you can call 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, it's going to be good for you. Okay? Really important to have good friends because social relationships, social connections 
are number one on the list to keep your immune system strong. Okay? You're not going to hear that from a lot of people, but believe me, it is true. There, there are many studies that going back to 1965 that relate to social connections, good friends, and longevity and a good immune system. So remember, we, the virus has to get into this lock and key mem- uh, system on the cell membrane. And then uh, if you have enough zinc in your system, uh, it's not going to get there. But how do you keep the cell walls healthy besides zinc? Well, what have I been talking about the past couple of weeks? And I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but it's, I've been talking about vitamin D. Okay. Sun exposure. You get the D3, you get everything you need without taking anything. Okay, we talked about the doses, you know, one to 5,000 units a day. And if you are dark-skinned, okay, you have a lot of melanin, you need more. You probably do have to supplement. And you know you hear about our dark-skinned individuals having a worse outcome with COVID. Well, if they're not supplementing and they're, they are demonizing going out in the sun, that is the reason. You need vitamin D. Ladies and gentlemen, there are 84,378 articles on vitamin D in the published medical journal. I mean, if you go up, but there's a PubMed is a place that catalogs all medical articles. 84,378. That's a lot of articles. Okay, so it's been well studied, uh, just not getting a lot of good uh, press on it because it's not expensive. So it's vitamin D3, one to 5,000 units a day, uh, more five to 10 if you have dark skin. Probably should take 200 milligrams of vitamin K2, 200 milligrams of vitamin K2 uh, along with that. But remember, your body produces vitamin D in response to sun exposure. Okay? Really, uh, you can't beat it. Now, there's a study they even did on humans and in the lab at Georgetown University Medical Center showing that exposure to blue and ultraviolet light increases T-cell activity, white blood cells involved in the immune function and fighting infections. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it's been studied in life and in a, in, a, in a dish. It's a sunlight, ladies and gentlemen, is a natural immune booster, okay? And gosh, we have a, we have a large surface area of our skin. It's the largest organ, organ of our body. But vitamin D is only produced when you're exposed to UVB rays. Okay. But boy, that does that energize the infection fighting T cells. It, it's incredible. It is incredible. Uh, uh, I can't I can't go go into this enough on how good it is to get some good vitamin D. Yeah, of course, if you're going to get vitamin D. You'll get into grounding, but we we, we might be able to talk about that a little later. So there's a robust body of evidence that I'm looking at here. 84,378 articles. 
So, and you can have your vitamin D level checked. It's an easy blood test. You don't have to be fasting for it or anything. Really important. And if you're light-skinned and inside, you probably should be getting your uh, minimal level uh, up to 60 to 80 nanograms per milliliter. Not only will you get yourself ready for the regular flu season, but you'll decrease your chances of cancer too. That's another great benefit. Another benefit of going out in the sun is, you know, you have a rhythm to your body. It's called a circadian rhythm. You know, you get outside in the sun during the day, it helps you sleep better at night. Because if you, have, if, you know, a lot of people have obstructive sleep apnea. Well, it's worse than people that have vitamin D deficiency. And guess what else happens? You can lower your high blood pressure and reduce your risk of heart disease and cancer by getting out in the sun. Oh, my gosh. God-given sun. There, and it's free. And there's articles I'm looking at right now, but UV light and the vitamin D produced when your skin is exposed to it have antimicrobial effects that are very potent. Yeah, I mean... What is there to lose? Get more serotonin in your brain. Get more testosterone for you guys. huh? Who can't use a little bit of natural boosting libido? Getting out into the sun. And how about dopamine? You, our, our listeners that have Parkinson's disease. Incredible. So, vitamin D, okay, really important for cell growth, for the cell membrane. And you heard about this cytokine storm, okay, that that, that really is uh, killing people. Well, vitamin C gets rid of that, okay? It's not, we're not allowed to talk about it. And Dr. Uh, uh, Saul's research on intravenous vitamin C has been all but suppressed cheap and cost $3,000 like Dr. Tony's drugs of which by the way uh, the CDC patents on this rim rim disavir so they're, they're, they're going to make money no matter what but vitamin C inhibits cytokine storm by you know keeping your, your immune system from overreacting and it's anti-inflammatory so how much vitamin C you know 250 milligrams four times a day, 1,000 milligrams a day. Okay, that uh, will be a good dose to take, really important uh, for your immunity. We talked about the zinc. Not only helps stop the virus from getting in, but it helps stop the virus from duplicating and replicating itself. Remember, virus has to get into the cell. It makes a Xerox copy of itself with its RNA. It gets itself all assembled, and then it leaves to do its damage. Okay? So zinc is really important. Now, Dr. Wong's zinc citrate is a good good product. Uh, I use it myself. I'm not saying hey, I don't get any. Like I say, well, this is a self-funded program, so we'll just, just, just let you know that that's what I take. And then if you get, could eat seaweed, gosh, you know, they do have seaweed snacks and they're high in iodine. And iodine is really important for immunity. You know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away while iodine a day keeps the endocrinologist away. So either Lugol solution or seaweed, 
important for your thyroid. Okay, because your thyroid uh, has a lot to do with your immunity and the cell walls. So either supplement it with drops or uh, seaweed. You can buy it as a snack. And one that you don't hear too much about is vitamin A palmitate. Okay, that is also uh, good for the cell walls in order to help your immunity. So these things have been really well researched and easy to do, ladies and gentlemen. And what is harder to do is eating healthy. You know, plenty of fruits and vegetables. And get the antioxidants naturally. Okay, so it's really important. And then something not easy to do, but necessary to do, is get your meat off the seat. Be active, regular, moderate exercise. Because it's been shown to mobilize the cells of your immune system. And guess what? It can even protect you from the effects of getting older. A little harder to do these things than the pop a pill. Eat healthy, be active. And how the heck do you de-stress? Tough one, but we got to work at it because prolonged stress keeps your immune system down. So if you can reduce it, your immune system will go up. There's the EMF, emotional freedom technique. You can look that up, emotional freedom technique, easy to use. Might want to try that. And if you get out into the sun, you know, you'll get more likely to get good a uh, good night's sleep because getting good night's sleep can regulate your immune function. You see how this is all coming together? 22,000 people were studied who slept less than six hours a night. They were the ones that got colds and other respiratory illnesses. A good night, good restorative sleep. That brings me to something that I've, I didn't have in my notes, but something that we do every night is take melatonin. It's a great antioxidant. You know, nobody talks of melatonin as an antioxidant, but taking around nine o'clock at night helps you get a good night's sleep. A good night's sleep is really important for your immune system. Okay, so we don't want to be socially isolated, ladies and gentlemen. If you have to do one thing, you know, you got to get out and get social. I'm not saying recklessly, okay? But we social relationships, give your friend a call. There's a study out I have in front of me right now that says lack of friendship makes obesity worse. Lack of friendships is worse than being obese, smoking, or having high blood pressure. Isn't that incredible? Like we are social beings, and that's why I say on all the programs that we've done on uh, Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, especially on the centenarians, uh, always coming up number one is social relationships. So there's other things. When I talk about your diet, uh, you know, the thing is uh, don't eat a lot of sugar, Okay. Remember, Dr. Peskin said we have a teaspoon of sugar in our bodies at all times. We don't want more than that. So no white sugar, especially high fructose corn syrup. 
and something that I, I talk about for years now, the Wi-Fi. It's a, Wi-Fi causes systemic inflammation. You know, it is the smoking gun. Like I, we had the Marlboro Man. I'm going to start calling myself the Nokia Man to remind you these frequencies can have the same effects as the Marlboro guy. The Marlboro Man died of lung cancer. Turn your Wi-Fi off at night. If you have a wireless printer, turn that printer off at night, too. Try and keep your phone on airplane mode when you're not using it. Try to use a speaker. Hold it away from your body. Ideally, would be a set of earbuds. Air earbuds. Watch your processed packaged foods whenever possible. Limit your drinking of soda and other soft drinks. They're loaded with not only sugars and uh, artificial sugars, but there's a, there's a lot of acid in them. And something that you won't hear too often, but I want to just mention it, avoid fluoridated toothpaste. Okay, Fluoride is, is a toxin. And it's probably one of the many causes of us having lower IQs every year. Okay. Our children have lower IQs than 10 years ago. Now, you want to have a conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory discussion about that? Okay, but it is a fact. Okay. So what happens when we're inside? We, we're not exercising. Uh, probably not drinking enough water. You know, we don't, we're not drinking half our body weight in ounces a day. Those of you fortunate to have a hydrogen generators or, or make hydrogen water, it's just fantastic. But what are we doing? We're inside. We're not, we're, we are not uh, exercising. We're in front of our computer. So what does that mean? Well, blue light, ladies and gentlemen, it damages our retinal cells. And those cells are responsible for vision, color, and clarity. Blue light. But red and near-infrared light help us recharge those retinal cells, and they can improve our sight. Here's something maybe you don't know. The retina has the highest energy demand of any part of the body. Do you ever think of that? I'm reading a book now called Regenerate, and there's like 30 to 100 million volts of electricity available in our body. It's just incredible. It's blowing me away. But the retina has the highest energy demand of any part of the body. A lack of red and near-infrared light from the sun and overexposure to blue light. Okay, how do you get overexposed from blue light? Well, that's LEDs and digital devices. They can speed up retinal aging. And artificial light at the wrong time of the day impacts our sleep quality. And we, you know how important it is to get a good night's sleep. So we have to try and lower our exposure to blue light. Some people say we should turn off our digital devices at 7 o'clock or, when, or whenever the sun naturally sets. Others say, uh, and, and I would give you the advice, is to use blue blocker glasses after nine o'clock at night. 
blue blocking glasses. They're they're available. There's all kinds. Uh, we when we make the change to our uh, new uh, podcast platform, uh, we will have some that we will give away and some that we will sell. Uh, but it's uh, important that you get, you can go on the internet or Amazon and get some blue light blocking glasses. So to maintain your vision and maintain your circadian rhythm so you get a good night's sleep. Because it does affect your eye. Okay. So um, I'm not going to, I was hoping that a physicist friend of mine would call in and talk about the wavelengths uh, of light and how to recharge your eyes. But he apparently got busy. Um, so, I mean, it's been really well studied. Uh, indoor living raises the risk of light pollution. I mean, we have to think about that, especially during this lockdown period where people aren't getting out. People are so afraid because light pollution is associated with reduced sleep and sleep dep- deprivation. What did we just talk about? It, it, it affects your immune system. It lowers your immune system. Plus, it does, it does other things to your body. It makes you heavier, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attacks, depression. And how many people are depressed these days? So there's another good reason to get out in that sun. And I'm not going to get into the hormone effects. So there's lots of things we can do, ladies and gentlemen, so that we're not victims. I just want you to be... Uh, to know uh, what we talked about in the beginning. uh, And that is, it's not as bad as the mainstream media will have you believe. Just remember Dr. Ionis. Okay. And what he, what he said that people under 45 are not really at risk. And most people are already resistant to this virus because it's a coronavirus. It's a coronavirus. I thought I still had the statistics that I I opened the show with. Uh, I guess I don't. But, all right, think about the masks. Think about supplementing your diet. Good, healthy food, vitamin D, vitamin C. Watch your sugar and carbohydrate ingestion. And one thing you might want to do is add a probiotic to your your regimen. Okay, something like Megaspore. As you know, I like the spore biotics because they withstand the acid of your stomach and they help the the, the good bacteria uh, regenerate in your intestines. And since your intestines are the seed of 80 to 85% of your immunity, the spore biotics make a, make a good choice. Okay, so spore biotics. And, of course, every place you go, we go into stores or whatever, you're going to be uh, tempted to use the hand sanitizers. And, I, you know, I would advise you to go to ewg.org. On, and about 20 hand sanitizers that have been recalled because they're toxic. EWG.org, just they have a list there. And remember, you have a microbiome in your gut, the most important one, I must admit, but you have a microbiome in your, in, your, in your skin. So you have normal bacteria all the time on your skin. When you have 380 trillion viruses in your body and 60 trillion bacteria, you know, they, they're, they're living someplace. So they're living in your gut. 
they're living on your skin. So the more of these external products you use, these hand sanitizers, you really decrease that microbiome. And they're there to protect you. They're there to protect you. And I probably should, should tell you that we're going to have a program on about Dr. Pasteur. You remember him? Pasteurized guy? Well, you know, in the well, let me, let me finish this. So, so you know, hand washing is important. Hand washing is really important. But if you can't hand wash, use the hand sanitizer, but don't make that the main uh, vehicle for taking care of your hands. Okay. And those of you that want to try and detox, if you think you have a lot of heavy metals in your system, remember, I do recommend the liquid zeolite. You can get that on the internet at liquidzeolite.com. It's, it not only detoxes, it really has antiviral properties. Uh, I was uh, advised about this product from Dr. Will Wong years ago, and I always keep some around. And I, I don't use it every day. I take 20 drops two or three times a week. Liquid zeolite. Okay. So just, just uh, before we close, you, you, maybe a lot of you didn't even know that there's two theories of diseases. And it was all started in the 1800s. One was Louis Pasteur. The other was Antoine Beauchamp. They were studying microorganisms and how they affect health. But they both they came to different conclusions at the end of the research. Pasteur eventually won the day because he had a germ theory. Okay, Diseases are caused by the presence and actions of microorganisms in your body. That was brought by the medical system and our current system. And it focuses on identification of the organism, then eradicating it. It's like us versus them mentality. We fear them, so we have to protect ourselves. And how do we do that? Well, we, we use a lot of you know radiation, drugs, chemo, whatever. Like the language of war. Huh? We're being at war with the microbes. And heck, well, you know, some hospitals are even called war zones. So it's, this, this war analogy is used a lot in medicine, the war on cancer, the war on, on viruses. And that was Louis Pasteur. But Antoine Beauchamp, his theory was radically different than Pasteur's. What did he, he believe? He maintained that unhealthy tissue is the true cause of, the, of disease and that infections are a secondary consequence of this unhealthy tissue. His research led him to conclude that poor diet, huh? poor lifestyle choices, our emotional states, they create an oxygen-deficient, acidic, cellular environment that leads to a, an unhealthy body. He called it a terrain. Okay, so this has become known as the terrain is everything theory, whereby the human body and its relative state of health is the terrain. So if you you go by Beauchamp's theory, and by the way, Pasteur on his deathbed is reported to have said that Beauchamp was right. If you go by his, if his theory is embraced, then where do we focus? It's, our focus is on maintaining what, a healthy body. 
a healthy body, a healthy emotional state, a healthy planet, free of man-made pollutants. By the way, there are now 85,000 chemicals in, 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 our, in our planet, free of man-made pollutants. Though instead of going to war with germs, we, we, we make ourselves healthier. Microorganisms are not the root cause of the problem. Therefore, it makes little sense or no sense to fear them. All right. Maybe we're getting a little bit closer to, to Beauchamp with this coronavirus thing, huh? This experience. Because we're finding out that people that have pre-existing conditions lead, live near airports or in polluted areas. They're getting sicker and dying. So... There are over there are there are two sides of this coin about the infection, Beauchamp and Pasteur. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about the statistics uh, regarding the COVID. The fatality rate is only important for people over seventy. With uh, at seventy, it's one percent over. Over seventy, over eighty, with multiple conditions, it can go as high as twenty-five percent. They are the vulnerable population; they have to take care of themselves. But the forty-five-year-olds are have almost a zero percent fatality. Okay, and uh, we're not hearing that the cases are going up because the testing is going up. But the case fatality ratio, the case fatality rate, CFR is going down. In fact, it's gone down for 10 weeks. So if it goes down any further, this will no longer be an epidemic. That's on the CDC's website. It will not be an epidemic. So please, fear is important to our immune system. If you're fearful all the time, you're not going to have a good immune response. And as we're talking, something came up on my computer. Groundbreaking study shows shielding EMF improves autoimmune disease. So something else now, electromagnetic fields, really important. So turn that darn Wi-Fi off at night. Turn that Wi-Fi printer off. Okay? Uh, We got to do that. And we talked about taking vitamin D, vitamin C, Vitamin A, palmitate. We talked about how many viruses and bacteria in our body. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you learned something today. Be the CEO of your own body. Have an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful for what you have. Today is a present. It's a gift. That's why it's called the present. Take care of your family. Take care of your friends. And hopefully we will see you next week. And I'll have more information about uh, a change in platforms where you're, if you want to listen to me, you're going to have to download an app. It'll still be free, but you're going to have to download an app. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please have a great time. We'll have uh, Freddie take us home with his closing song. And uh, we'll have more on immunity next week, more about things we're not hearing uh, from the mainstream media or anybody else for that matter. Uh, Please be optimistic. We're going to get through this. Uh, They're going to have a vaccine, but I'll I'll tell you my theories on that. Maybe next week we'll see. Uh, There's there's some great things coming out of Ben-Gurion in Israel. Uh, So uh, have a great week. Be positive. Take care of your family and friends. See ya. Remember, we're on Alexa, and we'll still be on there. 
You can ask Alexa for Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Blueberry. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. We're on TuneIn Radio. So 377 podcasts there, ladies and gentlemen. Today is number 27 in season five. So have a great night. See you all next week. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week